First and 30 Podcast, the podcast that brings you the cliff notes of all the NFL news and notes without all the bullshit. Today is Monday, November 29th, 2021, and I'm joined on the line, as always, by Keith and Drew. Uh, almost done with Week 12. We've got one more game left to watch, Seahawks and the Washington Primes this evening. But before we get to that, we want to break down everything that happened in Week 12. We had a uh, so-so week with the picks. Uh, Drew is currently in the lead at seven and seven. I'm six and eight, and Keith had uh, a five-win week. So um, we didn't do great, but uh, we did better than Greg Rosenthal, and that's all that matters to us. <laughs> that's that's our measuring stick. Um, so yeah, we're going to be breaking down all of this week's action. Drew, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing pretty good despite getting my ass beat this weekend on the, on the sports books. But both my teams won and things are looking up. It's going to be uh, a pretty optimistic week heading into uh, week 13 here. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm sure you are, man. Your team is riding high. Six-game win streak against a bunch of teams that didn't make the playoffs last year and uh, are playing backup fifth stringers. So you got to be fucking excited because you're going to be streaming into a number one seed. Um, and Keith and I had to deal with losses this past weekend. Keith, yours is a little less fresh. It happened on Thursday, but how are you feeling tonight? I'm good tonight. Always happy to be here. I'm appreciative of you guys bringing me back after my poor performance in the picks so far this <laughs> week. Uh, my team lost at home on Thanksgiving to the Raiders, so that's never a good feeling. Mm-mm. But I thought we had a pretty, as far as entertainment goes, I thought we had a good slate of games this week, a lot better than what we've been seeing. We had nine games that actually finished within one score this week, so the games were good to watch. Uh, tough to pick, but it was a good good slate to watch. It definitely was a good slate to watch. After the 1 o'clock game, I was watching the Pats-Titans game just kind of like, it was like, I don't know, playing with house money. The entire game, I'm just like, they're going to lose this game, and eventually, you know, they started falling apart, and the Patriots took advantage. But after that, you know, watching the Rams-Packers game, that was a fun 4 o'clock game. Last night's game was kind of a mess, but um, yeah, after that Lions-Bears game, all the games were really fun to watch, so um, we're going to break down all of them, starting with the Lions-Bears, right after this. Bounce! If you got my fucking back, then just say, hell yeah! You're down with me and my team, hell yeah! You're fucking sick of the scene, Okay, so all the way back on Thursday, we had Thanksgiving, and we started off the football slate with one of the worst games I've watched an entire game of. Um, the Lions and Bears, neither team seemed like they wanted to win this game. Um, the Bears, I mean, they Andy Dalton looked okay, you know, running the offense, threw for over 300 yards. Uh, Darnell Mooney, who, Drew, you've been on all year, has been, he's kind of emerging, especially with Dalton throwing the ball. Um, Bears pulled it out. I was the only one on the Lions. I felt stupid, but they should have. I mean, if they weren't completely incompetent, they had every chance to win this game. And, Keith, were you shaking in your boots at all that you felt like you maybe could have missed the boat on the Lions' one win? Yeah, I feel like one of us has to be on them the rest of the year just to make sure that we get them. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there was, there was some times there at the beginning of the game it's a little shaky. You start to worry about them – being able to actually pull it out and we talked about it before the before the game started that this is this could be an opportunity for them to get one and we thought it was going to be a close divisional game um it's it's really weird you i thought 
I'm same as you. Just like the offense looked better with Dalton, it felt like watching the game, mm-hmm. but it just didn't tra- it didn't translate the points. And yep. they still only won the game by two. Yep. Um, Mooney did have a big game. Uh, we saw Swift go down with an injury. We don't know how long he's going to be out. I'm not even sure what that injury was, but uh, screwed me out of some money. So that was a good way to get Thanksgiving started. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but it was a perfect time slot for that game. It was great as everybody was sitting down to eat with their families probably. So I didn't see a, a ton of this game. I did catch the end of the game. The thing that just stuck out to me the most was coming down there at the end, man, neither one of these coaches seemed to know what the hell they're no. doing. Just bad bad clock management just bad management of the game and um like you said it didn't look like either team wanted to win that's more of i don't think either team knows how to win yeah <laughs> and that was part of that was part of dan campbell's press conference this week talking about once you know once we learn how to win we're going to be all right and all this stuff and it's like you want to root for the guy but it's like it almost it starts with him man yep. and they made a lot of really weird decisions throughout that game yeah, that's one of the things I've I've kind of liked Dan Campbell as a coach. I want that I want the Lions to be good with him, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know they'll probably hang on to him, but I mean, some of the like the the two timeouts in a row, that penalty, that was indefensible. I mean, I don't know what the fuck they were doing, and I mean, I, I don't know. It just it they're just so rudderless. And now Drew without DeAndre Swift, I don't know how the hell this offense is going to do anything. I don't know either because they're not doing anything as at the moment anyway. I mean, Jared Goff did play half decent and completed 21 for 25 passes, but that was only because he didn't make a single challenging throw. So yeah. this, this, this team is just um, – they just lack talent. The coaching staff is still trying to come together as a unit and learn how to coach. <laughs> yeah. um, I think – I think uh, they they had a chance here to win this game, and they got nervous that they actually might pull off a win because it took Andy Dalton in a late uh, a late quarter drive to put him up by two, um, which Vegas got right. I think the spread was minus two and a half, which yep. just absolutely boggles my mind how Vegas continues to get this shit right and make these spreads, and it it's like some kind of weird Jedi. You can't explain it. What, what the hell? I I mean I can. It's just I I just think it's really cool. Maybe I'm just uh, a fanboy in that sense, but I just think it's really cool how these sports books somehow get these numbers right and just like pull them out of their ass. It seems like. But yeah, for this game, we knew we weren't going to get a whole anything special, and it sure lived up to that billing. It was slow and and uneventful, but at the end, it did kind of get exciting because Chicago. Uh, was down and they and they needed a score and Andy Dalton provided that with them um, and uh, I think moving forward both these teams have a lot of soul searching to do I don't know what the answer is I don't you know Fields yeah, because he's under Matt Nagy I, I feel like he doesn't have a shot in, in hell to uh, progress in, in any meaningful way at this point and I think that the uh, Detroit Lions are just chin strapped to what what they have as personnel so yeah these two teams are really bad it's a shame that we got this on thanksgiving um but neither to say that i think the better team did win yeah i think the better team did win however i wouldn't feel excited if i was a bears fan i think that i saw something like oh did the bears salvage their season with a win it's like no they're four and seven they're not going to win out they're not going to make the playoffs um yeah i think it's a pretty much done deal that they're they they don't I mean they don't look good they're not a good team Matt Aggie's a terrible coach, but um, 
moving on to the next game on that uh, on Thanksgiving. This one was surprising to me. I was really shocked at how bad the Cowboys defense looked. This is a couple weeks in a row now where the defense has not played well after they had played very well at the start of the season. Um, that's not a good trend. They lost 36-33 to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders ran all over the Cowboys. They threw all over the Cowboys. Derek Carr had 373 yards passing. Josh Jacobs had 87 yards rushing. I mean, you know, the Cowboys didn't do bad on offense. It kind of looked like the Cowboys from last year, actually. Dak had over 300 uh, passing. They didn't really run the ball that well. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys had all the offense they needed. It's just their defense is all of a sudden coming up uh, short, and that does not look good. Keith, are you thinking that this is a trend that's going to continue with the Cowboys? Of course it is, man. This <laughs> is just this is how it goes, and you hit the nail on the head. The whole the whole thing about this team at the beginning of the season was just how they were playing complementary football and just playing complete games on both sides of the ball. And one of the big things I feel like is hurting them right now is they're not running the football yep. effectively like they were during that stretch. I mean, there was a couple of games there in a row. They're putting up over 200 yards a week rushing the football between Zeke and, and Tony Pollard. And Zeke's a little nicked up. You know, obviously they're missing some of their outside weapons during that game, but the offense still rolled. And I thought Dak played a really good game. Um, just that defense couldn't hold up. And I mean, Las Vegas pretty much did whatever they wanted throughout that yep. game, but um, I thought it was just an unbalanced attack, and it bit them in the end. I mean, there was a couple bad calls there. But Definitely it, bad I mean, calls. It, I don't think I don't think Dallas should have been in that position in the first place, but I think they did deserve to lose that game. There was a lot of other penalties that, that killed them in this game, and uh, they just never really got it going. And, now they got to turn around and play again on Thursday this week, and it's not looking good either. We got guys getting suspended for punching players after this game on Thanksgiving. Yep. We've got COVID outbreaks, so it's just not not a good feel right now. Yeah, luckily you're playing a team with Trevor Simeon starting at quarterback, so who, who knows? It could, we'll see what happens going to Thursday, and we'll make our picks for that game at the end of this pod. Uh, Drew, after seeing what Derek Carr did against this defense, do you think that there is reason to be excited for the Raiders about potentially sneaking in as a wild card? Uh, it's 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 certainly a possibility if Derek can continue this level of play. He hasn't in the last three weeks, which is why they've lost those three games. He just hasn't showed up. Darren Waller hasn't gotten involved enough, in my opinion. Um, so it, it seems like this was a really, really good win for the Raiders, a real confidence booster to kind of turn things around, which were going in the wrong direction in a tough division that they play in. So uh, very good win for them. It was surprising. I didn't think they had a prayer in this game, considering how uh, much media and, and the Pearls have talked up Dallas and just the way that their team is constructed. But they didn't kind of show up. The, uh, on Thursday and uh, it was surprising because they were at home as Keith mentioned uh, Dak did play pretty well but it just wasn't enough um, and then Zeke being hurt he, he looks he looks hurt too he, he doesn't look very explosive I said at the beginning of the year I think Pollard is the better back I still feel that way I think he's just more explosive um, he's healthier right now so like to see him get more involved here in the next several weeks, which I think they that he will, as I have a lot of um, stock in in him and some of my fantasy teams. So, super pumped about the possibility of that. But yeah, Dallas just needs to get back to doing what 
what they what they do best and, and just play some fundamental football and, and try to play disciplined football. You know, over the last several weeks of watching Dallas, it just seems like they're beating themselves a lot. Yeah. Um, now you we 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 could honestly talk all night about the refereeing this year because it has been atrocious. Um, but you know, at some point, you know, it's not the fault, it, the rest fault that you have false starts all the time or, or stuff like that. So yeah. some of the pass interference calls I get annoyed with, cause mm-hmm. it's just like, you, ha- you have to be able to give the defender a little bit of a chance cause the offensive players know where they're going. They know the plays, but the defensive players do not. So I, I honestly don't like where the state of the league is in that, in that aspect, but that just is what it is. I already had said on Friday, if you want to win football games, just run four streaks down the down the field every play, and one out of four times you'll get a, a pass interference call, and I still believe that. But, you know, you still got to play disciplined football, and, and they just haven't in the, in the past. Now they have uh, no Mike McCarthy heading into Thursday, and that may be a good thing. It may be actually just because, yeah. I mean, they. I, I mean, again, they definitely got screwed. That last pass interference at the end of the at the end of the fourth quarter to set up, Terrible. um, Terrible. set up the Raiders was te- it was awful. It was a bad call. But I mean, to both your guys' points, I mean, they should have taken care of business and put put the Raiders away early and not because this was a team that was dying to just be put out of their misery. And now all of a sudden they're back in they're back alive in the AFC West and you know AFC playoff picture. So. You know that's bad on the Cowboys. They should just take came out, put their foot on their neck, and just ended it early. But that's what happens when you let teams hang around and start gaining confidence. Um, another team that hasn't been playing with a ton of balance, but ended up absolutely destroying this game was. I thought this was going to be the most exciting game of the day. It ended up being a dud. The Buffalo Bills just spanked the uh, New Orleans Saints thirty-one to six. Bills were not very balanced. I mean, they only had. 44 yards on the ground. Um, Allen was throwing the ball like crazy, had four touchdowns and two interceptions. But, you know, the Bills Bills stomped the Saints. I think it's more the Saints just do not have enough. To, they don't. They really don't have any talent. I think it's, a, it's shocking that they have five wins on the season, to be perfectly honest, because they have nobodies on this team. I don't like they are. They are very screwed <laughs> as far as talent goes. Uh, the Bills took care of business and beat the shit out of them. But... Drew, I, I mean, does this scare you at all as a Patriots fan, or do you? I mean, I, I'm not seeing the the well-rounded team that we saw a few weeks out of this season. I'm seeing a, a team that wants to just have Josh Allen throw it all over the yard. Well, it certainly seems that that's what they want to do. That's been the recipe for a while now. Even last season, they just could not run the ball, and they don't feel like running the ball. And that's just, I guess, that's just how it's going to be. Um, this team does scare me because on paper, from front to back. They're a better roster than the Patriots. So if the Bills bring their A game and the Patriots bring their A game, I think that the Bills could out could win that. But right now the Bills are very streaky. We don't know what Bills are going to show up right now. Um, you know, hang 31 on the Saints is really really good. Uh, the Saints defense has been really bad, but you know Josh Allen continues to make some bad dis- choices. He had two interceptions in this game. Luckily, it didn't cost them, but. You know, he did play well from, from, from other aspects. They seemed to be able to move the ball through the air. I kind of figured that in this game they wouldn't try to run the ball much just because um, the Saints have a good good run defense. But if you're if you're the Saints, you're starting to worry a little bit because the reason they have five wins is because of that defense. And now back-to-back weeks, that defense has given up over 30 points each game. 
Yeah. So you have you have to be concerned when your bread and butter uh, is no longer uh, butter or bread. So <laughs> that's that's very true. <laughs> yeah. So we're going forward for the Saints, man. They're they're going to have they're going to have some some struggles. They just like every other team, man. Just some some key injuries that are really hurting them uh, this year, but. You know, a, a dark side for for the Bills is that Trevadius White um, went down in this game Out with a season. knee injury, yeah. and um, it doesn't look like he's going to be eligible to play for the rest of the year. I think it was a, t- a torn ACL. Torn ACL, yep. So that's 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 going to hurt Buffalo, who has a, a decent defense. That's certainly going to going to be hurtful because he's probably their best cornerback on that defense. So um, yeah, the Bills. Uh, they they do worry me, but the fact that they're not going to run the ball on you allows you um, to approach them in, in, as a one-dimensional team. So if you can take away uh, Josh Allen's weapons, which is not easy to do with Diggs and and uh, that group of receivers, um, with even with uh, Dawson Knox, who's been playing really well this year as a kind of a no-name tight end, but he's been balling out. So they definitely have the weapons and the pieces. It's just that whether or not we got to see what Bills team we get. They've been streaky, and I think that will continue uh, down the road here. I think they are just a streaky team this year. They certainly are. They have been very streaky. And one of the things that surprised me was the fact that Zach Moss was an inactive this week, healthy scratch, and they had Matt Burita and his 2.9 yards per carry running the ball. Keith, were you surprised by that move? And, you know, I feel like me and you both have kind of liked Zach Moss, and I don't know why they're not rolling with him. Yeah, we, we kind of saw the week before that Matt Burita got a little bit of run and, and got to the end zone and maybe impressed the coaches there. Yeah. He definitely brings an extra speed element to the offense over Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's probably he's probably not a better complete back but i mean at this point as far as like fantasy goes i don't know is zach moss even rosterable at this point no. i mean it was it was borderline before and now he's getting scratched for brita but um yeah i think the bills in this game they they did what they've been doing all season and that's bully bad teams and the saints what they put out there thanksgiving night is probably not what the nfl had anticipated when they put this on the slate but yep. i mean it was a it was a fucking jv squad man trevor simeon we had no alvin Kamara, no mark ingram uh ty montgomery was your leading receiver for the saints so i mean the bills they like they've been doing it all all years just beating up on bad teams so i, I don't think it's all that impressive for me uh, to see the bills do that uh, Josh Allen had a he threw four touchdowns, but at the same time he still threw two picks. And in a game that matters against a good football team, those mistakes are, have been hurting the Bills in those types of games all season long. So uh, still something that he's that he's not cleaning up. Uh, still not sure if I believe in this Bills defense at this point. They didn't really have to go up against anybody in this Saints game. But uh, fun nugget here: all the home teams got beat on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. That is a fun little nugget. Yeah, I. I mean, home teams in general this season have been playing just terribly. I mean, I, I think they're below 500 on the season, which is, I mean, I, I, very shocking to me, especially coming into this year um, after last year having no fans in the stands. I thought that was going to make home team uh, make the home field advantage that much bigger this year, and it seems to have done the opposite. It's pretty wild. Um, moving into the Sunday games, here's a home team that got a win. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers got absolutely demolished by the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think, Keith, you and I were on the Steelers. Um, yeah, I mean, I should have trusted my initial beginning of the season feeling with the Steelers and Big Ben that he was uh, washed up, but I, uh, I got got honey dicked back into them, and they, they bent me over big time. Um, yeah, the Bengals just were absolutely dominant. Um, Joe Mixon had 165 yards on the ground. Uh, the Steelers' defense can't – it doesn't look like the Steelers' defense that we're uh, accustomed to, and the offense can't do anything. Ben had two interceptions. They couldn't get anything done on the ground. They couldn't run the ball. And, I mean, I, I don't know. Pittsburgh looks like they're in deep, deep trouble. And I believe T.J. Watt's going to be out this week, or at least he um, is on the COVID list as of right now. So they're, they're in deep shit. Uh, Keith, with this game – I mean, we were both on the Steelers. Do you think that there's any reason to believe that the Steelers have any shot at the playoffs at this point? Because I don't. No, I think this weekend was pretty big for the AFC North as a whole. I think yep. two, came, two teams came out and showed who the two teams we need to be focused on, and that's the Ravens and the Bengals. Uh, the Browns are buried. Steelers right there with them. Yep. Um, this was just a piss-poor performance. I mean, I, I, I watched that Steelers game in prime time the week before, and we watched – Ben put up all those points and I just got sucked in and mm-hmm. fell for it but yep. um, I think the other side like Najee Harris if you have him in fantasy right now you've got to be concerned because two weeks ago he left that game he took that hit and then he just barely even touched the ball in this game like you got to kind of wonder what's going on there yeah um, but I mean good for the Bengals to come out they just they've owned the Steelers this season and kind of have their number Joe Mixon he never does anything against the Steelers and uh, he actually came out and <laughs> showed up. But, he showed up big um, time. We always talk about Burrow and all these receivers, but, I mean, Joe Mixon has been pretty steady so far this, this year. He's heavily involved in the offense, and when he is, this, this offense is really, really tough to stop. So a uh, big game for them. The defense played well as well. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to definitely help them going forward as far as a playoff picture. Yeah, for sure. I think this team, I mean, they and the, I, I like them better than the Ravens right now. Now, I mean, it feels like every week we've got teams shuffling all over the place. One week they look like complete dog shit, and the next week they look like world beaters. I mean, at this point, the Bengals hopefully are going to continue this momentum. Um, they look good, and Drew, like we both said, uh, Joe Mixon, he's been been going off. Yeah, man, he's been mixing it up, that's for sure. Uh, he's a very good, talented running back, and he just knew at some one of these points if he just gets a better offensive line, he could really break out, and this was certainly his breakout game. I mean, when you can bound the rock for 155 yards or 165 yards in the NFL, uh, you can really control the game, and that's exactly what uh, the Bengals did. I thought the Bengals would come out and play pretty well. Um, I didn't expect Mixon to have such a great day. I thought Burrow... Um, would it would it did better because I had placed a prop bet on him to throw for over 200 yards. So I just thought he would throw a lot, um, and he actually barely topped that. So um, good win for the Bengals. I mean, it, it's a vision game. The Bengals Steelers, in a historical sense, have always just been like a freaking war, um, just absolutely terrorize each other. And this game, uh, they just got out to an early start. And then Big Ben threw a really bad interception when they were down 7 nothing, and it made the Bengals have a short field and an easy touchdown. So they got up 14 nothing really quick, and all of a sudden the rest was history. But um, 
Boy, Joe Joe Burrow did play well, man. That throw he 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 put on Higgins, uh, which was like a forty yard bomb in the, in the corner of the end zone, was really really pretty. And uh, Joe Burrow throws a nice ball. So for the Bengals, man, moving forward, uh, I, I certainly like them. They, they obviously they let me down against the Jets a while back, but they still put up points in that game. So the, the offense is certainly rolling, and they seem to have found their stride. Uh, they certainly have the playmakers with the tight ends and with Chase and, and Higgins, and um, and now Mixon that is getting going. It, it's a really, really good sign for things to come. And now the Steelers uh, are just kind of in a debacle in, in, that, in the fray, and I don't think um, they're going to make the playoffs now. It just – it's just too late in the season, and they're not playing their best ball right now. And, and it, their defense seems to be a mess, and their offense for Big Ben seems to be a mess. And the fact that they can't get Najee Harris going is certainly a concern. But yeah, I just they just don't have enough to to overcome uh, the talent that's on the team. Even though uh, Tomlin is a great head coach, we all love Tomlin. We all think he's a great coach, but there's sometimes it's just not your year. And I think for the Steelers, they're just going to have a hard time putting wins together in the remaining weeks yeah they're a team that i feel like if you had any any upgrade at quarterback this team would be a very solid team in my opinion i just think ben is such a hindrance he can't move around at all and yeah he looked he, he looks back to being washed up um moving along to the bucks and colts this one the colts came out swinging early had a big early lead and then um carson wentz Turned into the Eagles version of Carson Wentz. He had two second-half picks. Um, Bucks were able to claw back into this. It was um, looked like it was heading to overtime, and then the Bucks just uh, drove it downfield, and uh, Lenny, Leonard Fournette ran into the end zone and game over, 38-31. I was the only one on the on the Colts in this one. I was I was patting myself on the back early early in the afternoon on Sunday, like hell yeah, Colts are a good team, and I still think the Colts are a good team. Um, I think they they uh, hand the Bucks a uh, a victory because Tom Brady didn't come out looking good. This was all uh, Leonard Fournette, right, Drew? Yeah, it was. They were able to control most of the game with the ground game. Uh, Leonard Fournette had a huge, huge day. Four tutties is uh, is quite the accolade there. That's not easy to do, and certainly he uh, was the running back of the day, no doubt. But uh, both the, both these teams, I thought, played sloppy in the first half and made a lot of mistakes early on but Tampa at least they stopped their their the mistakes in the second half and really were able to get going while the Colts kind of just ruined their chances with continued blunders in the second half so uh, it was great to see uh, the Bucks get this win I think they definitely needed it because with Green Bay and and Arizona and even the Rams who obviously we'll talk about later uh, they need to stay winning to to have some chances at a home field advantage because I think that's where they're really going to shine because they've been playing really well at home this year. So it was a good a good win for the Bucks. I thought the play of the game was Anton Winfield's uh, interception over like the six 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 Pittman. I mean, he just went up and just completely lost him. It was a bad throw, like it was a moon ball. And it was right for the picking, but still the interception was super, super nice, and that that really gave uh, Tampa the the, the reins to the game. So uh, it was a good win by by them. Brady uh, played well. Him and Gronk Gronk has been notorious for just completely destroying the Colts. They continued that um, 
that trend uh, this weekend. So it was good. He had over 100 yards. So they're going to get um, Antonio Brown back this week against Atlanta. So they should roll pretty easy there. So the Bucks are, are, are looking good. They just got to continue to clean up their mistakes and their blunders uh, with penalties. Um, and if they can do that, they're going to be in really, really good shape. And I think the Colts are going to be just fine. I mean, they hung 31 on the Bucks and almost beat them. So I'm not too worried about them moving forward either. Yeah, the, the only thing that's tough for them, I mean, they're 6-6 six and six at this point because of the um, start they had to the season. You know, at least for the division, it's going to be very hard for them to get the division, to win the division because they have to win it by more than one game because uh, the Titans swept them. So that's the only thing that's tough with the Colts. But I think they're probably the best team in the AFC <laughs> at this point, in my opinion. I think Jonathan Taylor's been going off, and uh, Keith, you, you called him to, be, to dud it this week, and he didn't necessarily – he didn't go off, and that's the big thing that you were saying. Yeah, going into last week, he was averaging over 25 fantasy points over the last like four or five weeks, whatever yep. it was. And going into that that last scoring drive that Indy had, he only had six fantasy points, mm-hmm. and they just they leaned on him heavy, heavy, heavy in that drive, and he ended up getting a touchdown. So uh, it took a while, but he did break through. Good players find a way, and uh, the Colts just leaned on their best player there when they needed him the most and he delivered for him but just wasn't enough there in the end a great win for tampa bay obviously um tom brady didn't have to do a whole lot in this one he, he had a good game he, he protected the football which was good and, and kind of managed it but i mean leonard fournette four four tutties on the ground uh i don't know what it is with these running backs putting up all these touchdowns in yeah. one game but <laughs> um yeah big game for him and uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, just quiet as a church mouse in this game. They yep. had a total of 40 yards receiving. Chris Godwin was my supposed to be stud, and uh, just all those balls went to Gronk, and he handled the rest. So <laughs> yep. um, I, I thought it was one of the most entertaining games of the day. Um, really fun to watch. Uh, the Colts, still a good football team. They didn't get the win there, but still a good football team. Uh, a few times now we've seen them come out firing in these games and then they kind of let it go later on so um, they're gonna have to clean that up and it's kind of it's confusing because they have such a great run game so you think they'd be able to lean on taylor in that run game and And hold these games to put them to put them away but it's just not working out that way for some reason yeah, it's it, that is a very good point. Um, a team that has that type of run game, you would think once they get a 14-point 14, 14 lead, take the ball out of Carson's hands and just hand it to Jonathan Taylor every time. And they don't. it seems like they, as they get these leads, they want to try and feature Carson Wentz more, and that seems to be not very good. Um, speaking of not very good, the Miami Dolphins kicked the shit out of the Carolina Panthers. Both these teams are 5-7 and seven, but going in completely different directions. The uh, Miami Dolphins are on a four-game win streak, which includes a win over the Baltimore Ravens. They won 33 to 10 over the uh, Panthers. Panthers Cam Newton, I think he had he was five for 21 with 92 yards and two t- two interceptions. Um, Panthers now have no see uh, Chris McCaffrey the rest of the season. This team started off three and zero, and they are now sitting at five and seven. Uh, I think while mathematically still alive for the playoffs, I think it's time to officially wave goodbye to the Panthers. That it makes me sad because I really wanted this team to be the dark horse in the NFC, and I 
I don't know where this team goes now going into next year just because I don't I don't think they have any shot at the playoffs this year. I think it's time to officially write them off. There's definitely better teams that have better records in the NFC. And yeah, I mean, Keith, do you I mean, do you start Cam Newton this week or do you start PJ Walker? <laughs> uh, I would definitely I, I would go back to what they did a couple weeks ago and play both of them. Yeah, yeah. Like bring it, bring it Cam in for those power situations down at the goal line, short yardage, whatever. You know that works. But him playing a full game, you asked me the other week if I was back on the bandwagon, and I said it had a flat tire, and that was his right shoulder. I mean, five for twenty-one. That's a Cyber Monday deal for, like, pairs of socks. That's not a fucking stat line for a quarterback. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, just ugly to watch. I mean, I bought into the hype here two weeks in a row for Cam, and it just didn't work out. They were two-point favorites going into this game, and they lost by 23. It was just a, a bad watch. We saw Christian McCaffrey leave this game again. He's now out for the season. Just the rails completely fell off here, and they're one of those teams now, like, they could turn around next week and win. They've just been so all over the place. You just have no idea. But good for Miami. They're putting it together here. They're kind of taking themselves out of a nice draft pick by winning all these games here now. But um, I guess they're just going to keep on fighting. Tua took care of the football again. Um, I don't know where they're planning on going. Probably not anywhere. But they're just going to keep on fighting for Flores here and keep winning as many games as they can. I don't know. I don't necessarily think they're – I mean, they're definitely the bottom rung of the teams that are potentially fighting for that wild card spot. But, Drew, listen to these next few games. They've got the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the Saints, the Titans, and then the Patriots. I mean, they are realistically set up to potentially go 9-8 and eight or 10-7. and seven. Yeah, they're the second hottest team in the AFC right now. There's no question about it. Um I like Keith. I, I bought into the hype of Cam, and uh, I got I got bit from that. There's no doubt. But um, you know, I think what surprises me there's two things that surprise me about the Miami uh, um, football team right now is one, their defense is playing a hell of a lot better than the start of the season. They're starting to to get sacks. They're starting to get takeaways. They're starting to play pretty good defense on the back end. And then two, I mean. I'm not a big Tua fan, but we have finally like a full year of stats on Tua, and they're actually not that bad. Not bad at they're, all. They're they're not as bad as you would maybe suspect, but so he 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 played pretty well in this game. He did take two bad sacks uh, in this game that he probably shouldn't have taken, but other than that, I thought he, he he played pretty damn well, and I think he was one of the reasons why they won this game. But you know, with Cam Newton being on the side the other side of the ball. Yes, Cam is back. Cam is back. He is back to playing shitty football again. Yep. And it just goes to show you, like, it doesn't matter how good your team is around you. The quarterback position is the most prevalent in all of uh, football. And without getting your quarterback right, it's just hard to win football games in the National Football League. So I don't know what the Panthers do moving forward, not only this year, but in the future, because... I don't like any of the quarterbacks coming out of the draft next year, so they, I don't really think they should go and get a, a quarterback, which means then they're stuck with the dilemma that they're in now. Uh, so, you know, it's going to take a few years for the Panthers to be probably relevant again, unfortunately. But it was just a terrible, embarrassing game for the Panthers, which they've had many of those games this year. And it's so frustrating because you look at their roster on paper and you're like, wow, it's a pretty good team. They got – 
you know, they got Burns, they got Horn, and they have a solid defense. They have Stephon Gilmore, they have Christian McCaffrey. I obviously know more his injury history. Uh, I think I would try to trade him at this point, maybe if you even could. Uh, probably not now that he got hurt, but he's just becoming an injury bug all of a sudden over the last couple of years. And what's even crazier is that the top four running backs taken in the fantasy draft this year have all been hurt. Um, so it's uh, it's not good for, for fantasy this year in, in that retrospect. But, yeah, good win on the Dolphins, man. They seem to be getting their confidence and rolling in the right direction. Yeah, they certainly do. I, I mean, I want to see what – I mean, if they can get through the two New York teams, they'll be sitting at 7-7 seven and seven, going to the Saints and then going to the Titans, and both of those teams – aren't at a full complement of players so I, I don't know anything could happen i wouldn't be surprised if that week uh 18 game in miami against the pats could could be an opportunity for them to get into the playoffs we shall see all right we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the titans patriots recap right after this Okay, so Titans Patriots. This game, oh God, I didn't text you guys at all during it. It was one of those things where I was watching it and they were, they, the Titans were honey dicking me in this one because they were, they kept it close. They were able to hold the Patriots to field goals. Um, they limited their mistakes in the first half and then they got lucky at the end of the first half where uh, Dontrell Hilliard took one to the house from 64 yards out. Um, that got them right back in the game. Uh, they missed an extra point. They missed a field goal. Two things that would have had this game a little bit closer, but as the game went along, the Patriots just continued to play solid offense, and after a while, they were able to just... The Titans made too many mistakes. I think they had two fumbles from their backs both times. Uh, with the one... Uh, fumble by Foreman. He had a 40-yard run and got the ball knocked right out of his hands. Uh, Hilliard had a fumble. Those are things that I'm not used to seeing as a Titans fan, seeing the ball on the ground with a running back running the ball. Um, and then Tannehill had another pick, um, had under 100 yards. Titans just don't have enough weapons at all at this point, and they just keep losing players. I don't know, you know, I don't know what this says about the Patriots, because I felt like it took them a little too long to to put this game away i think that they should have with the people that are on this titans team they should have been able to to put this away a little bit earlier drew i'm sure you're happy though um they spanked the shit out of my boys yeah i'm happy they got the win i'm i'm very sad that it had to come at your expense you know you're <laughs> my friend I, I don't like want to see you in, in agony or pain but um you know somebody had a win here now it certainly wasn't the 49 to nothing uh game that that you thought it was going to be and I, I said it was going to be close and it was close for the majority of the game until the Patriots kind of just took over I think that touchdown to Kendrick Bourne um, that was the was, that was the nail yeah, yeah that was the nail in the coffin right there to give that play up um, it wasn't good and I was surprised that it happened so uh, the Patriots continue just to, to keep playing Patriot football and just doing their job man uh, I was surprised though Man, they gave up a shit ton, a shit ton of rushing, rushing yards, yards in this game. Yep. I would have never, ever, ever, ever bet or guessed that that would have been the case. Um, especially with the running backs that you guys have. I just didn't think that was in the cards. But good Lord, did they gash the Patriots. But 
Uh, as you mentioned earlier, that one by Foreman, um, you know, the Patriots didn't give up on the play and ended up getting the turnover, and Mills recovered the fumble, and, and that turned things around as well. It, they could have definitely, you know, got some points on the board there, and I think we would have been talking about a, a different game. But after that, it's just too many mistakes that they couldn't recover from, and the Patriots are just not going to allow you to get back in ball games when you make mistakes. That's part of uh, Patriot football. They just play sound, fundamental football. And uh, it was just a good game in general. I thought Mac Jones looked really, really great. He had some really nice throws that were composed and right on the number. And he continues to shine. He's uh, He has six games over 100 QBR this year. And he, all the rest of the uh, rookie quarterbacks have zero. So that tells you right then and there just how well Mac is playing. He also is, at the moment, leading in... Um, Patriot his, history of percentage of throws made, which is, I think he's at like 70.3. Uh, Tom Brady's best season was like 68. So really impressive stuff from Mac, and they just continue to give him good plays um, to put him in the right situation. And uh, it was a really good win for the Patriots, who desperately need it right now because uh, they have a really tough slate of games coming up. Yeah, for sure. I mean... The, the only thing that that really, really shocked me, that Kendrick Bourne uh, pass came right after that fumble from from uh, Foreman. So that was the, the nail. But the Titans were still somewhat in it. They, came, they drove the ball down the field, and at the start of the fourth quarter, they were five yards away from making it a 26-20 game. And then uh, Tannehill threw that pick in the end zone. But, you know, I mean... I guess the one thing I can take away from this is they, they still are playing tough for Vrabel. They, their offensive line looked strong. They looked like they were able to push around the Pats D, which was a good sign. If this team can ever get healthy, which at this point I don't know if that will ever happen, but if they can get healthy, I think they're going to be a fucking hard out in the playoffs. But, but I don't know. It's just like it seems like they're just reaching the tipping point because it's like every game they've got four or five people out, and, that, and it just keeps getting worse. Uh, Keith, from your perspective as a uh, unaffected fan of this game, uh, do you think that I mean the pay, everyone's getting on the Pats right now about like hey six game winning streak, but they've gotten these wins against some inferior competition in this game against the Titans that had you know fifth string running backs. Yeah, it was a little bit of an unfair fight, I'd say probably. Um, Pats are they're playing solid, good, fundamental football, and that's what they're going to continue to do. Uh, throughout the season, I feel like no matter who they play, they're going to play them tight. They're going to play them tough. Yep. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot about this team over the next three or four weeks. They've got some some games here against uh, the Bills, and those division games are always so pivotal in these seasons. Um, but, I mean, they came out. I feel like they did what they needed to do. This game was a lot closer than most expected at halftime. It was only a three-point game. And then from that point on, I mean, just good coaching. You go in at halftime, it's a three-point game. After halftime, Titans don't score again. And that's yep. just – that's good. That's coaching. That's Bill Belichick defense. Um, they made their adjustments, and they just completely shut them out for the rest of the game. Uh, you guys mentioned the rushing yards that they gave up. I'd like to – they're over 100 yards of that came on two plays. They, they had those two big busted runs there. So um, I think New England came out, did what they needed to do. Tennessee's it's so tough just because you don't have the guys to do it but they've, they've got to figure out a way to try to be a little bit more efficient and just try to hold on to the ball keep their defense off the field and just 
do what they, they got to be able to do something. Uh, 92 yards from Tannehill is just not going to get it done. And he's got to stop giving up the ball in the red zone. It's, he's, yeah. he's been making these mistakes, but it always feels like it's at like the most like costly times yes. on these drives. Um, so th- those are my takeaways from the game. Uh, we didn't get the 49 to nothing, but we did get the 49 total. So kudos to you, Kevin, for calling that one out. <laughs> I guess I, I, I didn't know that I was doing it, but that's what I that's what I called out. I called out the 49 point total. Yeah, the, uh, the Titans and their and their turnovers. The th- the other thing that is just so crushing with this team is they have been very good with the holding on to the football in previous years, and this year they are not. I think they're like minus 10 uh, on the turn on turnovers that like uh, against the Pats. The big stat, four turnovers by the Titans, zero by the Pats. And when you're playing as shorthanded as the Titans are, you cannot, you can't, you, you have to play a perfect game. And, you know, five five turnovers last week against the Texans, four turnovers now against the uh, Patriots, now going into a bye for the Titans. Um, they need to get healthy and <laughs> and take on the Jags next. And, and they're not going to beat the Jags if they have four turnovers. So we'll see what happens going forward. Um, all right. The Philadelphia Eagles and New York Giants. This one really hurt all of our feelings. I think we were all on the uh, Eagles. I think a lot of people were. They've been playing great of late and then went into New York and they completely fucked over their fan base, (laughs) played like complete dog shit. Um, Jalen Rieger shouldn't be playing football anymore. Uh, As bad as the Eagles played, Hertz had them in position and threw a perfect pass to Jalen Rieger at the goal line jumps up and just goes right off his hands this guy sucks they need to cut his ass because he they could have had justin jefferson instead of jalen rieger and they have jalen rieger that's got to fucking kill eagles fans they lost uh 13 to 7 to the giants um you know hertz had three interceptions i mean this one was not a if you had players from fantasy in this they didn't really help you right drew no not at all this game was a shit show of all shit shows um yeah, it was a tough one to watch. I watched a lot of this game with my dad, who's uh, an Eagles fan because we're from the Philadelphia area. But um, boy, it was not. It did not go how I expected it. I, I honestly don't know. And we watch a lot of football. We love football. I honestly don't know how you score a forty piece on one of the best defenses in the entire league the week before, and then can barely score a single point the next week against the freaking terrible Giants. I don't understand how that happens, and the only thing I can it comes back to is just coaching and just the play calling. I thought the play calling in this game for the Eagles was atrocious. I thought yep. they put Jalen in some a lot of bad spots. Now he threw three interceptions, which honestly I thought it cost them the game. But his receivers aren't catching the ball either and helping them out in that in that regard. Uh, they're not running the ball with the running backs again. Uh, they had a terrible time doing that. Now, Hurts, you know, gave up 77 yards rushing in, the, in, in this game, which obviously helped the stat line, but they just couldn't get anything done. They would make drives and then stall down in the red zone in the scoring areas and they couldn't even get field goals. It was just a complete mess. I couldn't believe what I was watching because I had the Eagles in this game. I thought they could easily cover the three points, too. And it was just absolute shit football being played by the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I, I can't even get that taste out of my mouth. It was so bad. So, uh, good job, Giants, for showing up and getting the win 
that was just handed to you pretty much so pretty much like, yeah i mean i just don't know what else to say about this game it's just so disappointing as an eagles fan uh, i'm not one but as if you were an eagles fan like i can just imagine the disappointment and and because they they seem to have gotten on the right track you thought okay now we're going to get some momentum going and then they play what i think is an easy opponent and they completely shit the bed so here we are uh, in week 12, and you still don't know what the identity of your team is. So the Eagles are just in trouble. It's good for Dallas, but boy, what an awful game and a performance by the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. Yeah, Keith, you got to be feeling a little bit better about your situation in the NFC East because if, if the Eagles are going to play this fucking some weeks they run the ball, some weeks they don't, I, I, I think I like your chances. Yeah, that was good to see. Um, I obviously had them in the picks and, and all that good stuff, but <laughs> I'm in a super flex league, and I like to draft quarterbacks late, and my two quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones this week. So Oof. just imagine how that went for me. I mean, having Jalen Hurts, he's, he's been the number one fantasy quarterback to, up until this week, so that was yeah. obviously great, but he just had a very, very down performance. And like Drew said, I mean, this was a hard watch. They still ran the ball for over 200 yards. I mean, but that's you're getting 77 of that just out of Jalen Hurts. He's basically the his legs were the only thing that worked in this game for them on offense. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show you. I mean, these divisional games, these teams know each other better than anybody else, and they're 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 motivated to beat each other. And it's just so week to week. And I feel like this whole season has just been every week is a new season. You have no idea what you're going to get out of these teams. I yep. think Miles Sanders got hurt again in this week. Um, but just the, the, the thing that stood out to me the most, I mean, his receivers, Jalen Hurts' receivers, they just did not help him out whatsoever in this game. Mm-hmm. He did make some bad decisions. There was a chance they were down in the red zone, uh, the goal line. I think he threw to Devontae Smith. I think there's four giants around him, and they ended up picking the ball off there. Um, but, yeah, just a really, really ugly game. Um, I don't think the Giants did anything in this game to win. Uh, the offense did not look any better without Jason Garrett being there. I don't think that Daniel Jones looked any better. Saquon was not involved. So um, just ugly, ugly game. Not one that I, I thought that the, the Eagles would lose, especially after watching Dallas lose on Thursday. You thought they would go into that game a little bit more motivated to get a W, um, but it didn't go that way for them. Yeah, it's definitely surprising. I, I don't know. I would be very pissed off if I was an Eagles fan, and I know a lot of them were because I saw them on Facebook all going completely bananas. Um, all right, Falcons-Jags. I was the only one on the Falcons. I looked smart in this one. However, both team, both of these teams suck. Um, the Falcons, 5-6. and six, I mean, again, they're still you know in the mix for the playoffs in the NFC, but um, this team is terrible. The Jaguars hung around in this one. The Falcons tried to, tried to lose in the end. But in the end, they get the win. Cordero Patterson's the fucking Mr. Everything in fantasy football. And uh, that's, I think, the biggest surprise out of this. Keith, did you watch a second of this one? Oh, I sure as hell wouldn't miss a second coming of Bo Jackson here with Cordero Patterson <laughs> going against the fucking Jags. Dude, I don't know what it is. I just can't stand him being good. <laughs> can't take it. 30-year-old wide receiver playing running back and just tearing shit up. Drives me nuts. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, I took the Jags in this game because I thought they were playing better coming into this game. And um, I don't think the Falcons really showed a whole lot here, uh, even after getting the win. Matt Ryan was okay to blow, blow their doors off. I think the bigger story here is this is the first time I've really seen a whole lot of Trevor Lawrence play. And 
the, the boy is just missing a lot. Like he's yeah. just uh, even when he's got some open guys, he's just missing them, and it's it's really hurting them. And uh, James Robinson did okay on the ground. Um, I think he's probably easily their best player, but as far as the passing game goes for Jacksonville, just just not good. Um, I didn't see a ton of this game, but um, yeah, just it's so tough when these tough teams play each other to try to predict what's try going to, to happen. Try to I feel pick like, worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I always end up on the short short end of the stick on these, but I think my biggest takeaway from this game was just how how much Trevor Lawrence misses uh, open receivers. I saw that a lot, and they they did have a chance to come back and tie this game up, and uh, they just kind of pissed it away. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence definitely, I haven't seen anything out of him that looks good. Uh, the one thing I did see from this game was the Jaguar mascot like got hung up when he was doing a zip lining and it looked like he was hanging himself, which he probably should because the Jaguars are a complete dumpster fire. Um, yeah, yeah, the poor Jags. And yeah, Drew, Trevor Lawrence, uh, rookie, I mean, he's a rookie and so is Mac, but Mac looks so much better. Yeah, he, he definitely does. I think... I think there's the higher ceilings probably for for Trevor Lawrence. Mac is you're going to get what you're going to get, but you know for the Patriots and the organization, um, that's just you know that's what they that's how they run things. So it's a perfect fit for Mac. But Trevor Lawrence, man, he just keeps missing throws after throws. He has a lot of learning and growth yet to do in this league, and especially if the Jags want to have any shot of being good in years to come. But uh, I, I thought they would play better than, than what we got. Uh, they certainly had a chance to win this game. It wasn't like they got blown out. And yeah, it wasn't yeah. like they were clearly the worst team of the day. Um, they did have a chance, but Trevor Lawrence threw like three balls in the dirt at the end of the game and didn't even give his receivers a chance to catch the ball and move the ball down the field. So it was just absolutely terrible. But I, I, I will say one thing. I should have picked the Falcons knowing that Cordell Patterson was back in action. He he is the whole Atlanta Falcons team. Right? He's the defense. He's the offense. He's the special team. If that boy's out there, they're giving him a, a chance to, to win a football game. It's, it's quite amazing. So I want to give my hats off to the Falcons. Congratulations. You scored more than three points this week. That's a big step in the right direction. Uh, boy, oh boy, you really got to feel good about hanging 21 on the Jaguars. So, pop Absolutely. the champagne. Pop it, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, um, good win for the Falcons, I guess. A, a shitty team beat a shitty team. Kyle Pitts really didn't get going. He was a major disappointment. Russell Gage had some nice catches. One of, one of them was a touchdown pass that put him up 21-3. But other than that, nothing special came out of this game at all. Yeah, and uh, this last one we're going to cover here. Also, nothing really special came out of it other than all three of us being on the wrong end of two shitty teams. Uh, the New York Jets got the win against the Houston Texans, 21-14. to um, I didn't watch. I said on Friday I wasn't going to watch a second of this. I did not watch a second of this. I think um, they showed a uh, highlight of it, and I tried to close my eyes while it was playing because I didn't want to see any of this garbage. Um, looking at the stats, Zach Wilson, 145 yards passing with an interception, which was thrown off of his running back's back. Um, yeah, nothing nothing good there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Drew, were you on this game at all? Did you watch this game at all? No, I honestly I did. I, um, 
I, I was limited in, in the games I, I did watch yesterday, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch this. Now, Red Zone had it every once in a while, so I did see some plays, but uh, I just caught up on the, um, basically on, on the, the catch-up shows, the review shows, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't see much of it. Yeah, it, it really wasn't much to see. Both these teams are completely terrible. Keith, I mean, I, I mean, of course the Texans lose when we're all on them, right? Yeah, that's what happens when you back a shitty team. Uh, these games are always very difficult to predict. And um, my my biggest thing here is, like, Tyrod came out swinging at the beginning of the season and really had this offense moving. And I feel like we've backed him because of that the last two weeks or whatever, and he's just kind of letting us down here. I really thought that him coming back off of injury would put a little bit of a spark in this team, and we just have not seen it so far. Yeah, uh, of course he he plays play, the best he's played was against the Titans when, of course that's just the way things go for me. Um, but yeah, uh, shitty teams. Both of these teams beat the Titans this year. That's the one thing to remember. Oof, oof, that hurts. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back and recap four o'clock games, including Chargers Broncos, right after this. All right, 4 p.m. games, the uh, Chargers-Broncos game. This was was surprising to all of us. All of us were on the Chargers. All of us, I think, expected the Chargers to come out and be able to win this game and assert themselves into the uh, firmly into the playoff picture in the AFC. They did not do that. The Broncos ran all over them. Their defense looked much better. Um, and the Chargers, you know, I don't know what I think about them as a playoff team at this point. I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to get into the playoffs. I don't think this team is a good team, but the Chargers, I think we all expect them to be a playoff team, but they can't stop the run, and that's not very good. Uh, Keith, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Chargers going forward? Because this was not what you want to see from a team that everybody has been hyping. Yeah, and I, I think we keep falling for that shiny young quarterback that, that blew us away like a month ago, right? We yep. just keep hanging on to that but it's just, it's not been that the last four weeks, and, and he's got so many weapons, but this defense, man, they can't stop shit right they now. They can't, we, yep. That's their biggest problem, and they can't, I, I feel like the Chargers also struggle to run the football. They have a great running back in Austin Eckler, and he scores a ton of fantasy points, but most of that's through the air, and they really struggle in this game to get him going on the ground. Uh, Herbert made a lot of mistakes here. They, he gave up points to uh, Denver throwing the pick six to, to Sertan. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, that boy is good. He's good, good, good. Um, but yeah, I just this is another one of those games. I mean, it's division game. You have no idea how it's going to go. Playing a mile high is always tough. I didn't feel like the Broncos did anything to blow them out of the water. Um, mm -mm. Just a lot of mistakes on the part of the Chargers, kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Um, we got to see Javante. Uh, he. Had a glimmer of hope there. Melvin Gordon went out with a hip injury, and I was sitting there watching the game. I was like, oh, my God, here it is, here it is. But he only missed, like, one drive. He <laughs> came back out, and he, he still ended up with more carries than Javante. Uh, he did end up uh, – Javante scored nice in fantasy this week because uh, he was the one that got in the end zone and had a couple long receptions. But um, all in all, disappointed in the Chargers' performance here. I feel like they kind of gave one away that they should have had. Um even we saw Drew Locke even in this game. He, uh, Bridgewater got hurt, and yep. the Chargers still couldn't take advantage. 
Yeah, the Chargers defense, I mean, that, that's the thing I think that um, really makes me question if this team's going to make it into January. I think if they make it into the playoffs, they're going to be an easy out because, I mean, you, if you can't stop the run, you can't – I don't think you can be trusted. Drew, do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I mean, not being able to stop the run is a major problem, uh, especially in the sport of football. There's no question about that. But uh, their defense is uh, lackluster right now, and it's certainly a concern. But Justin Herbert, when playing well, can overcome that bad defense. But the problem is, in this game, he played like absolute dog water. Uh, He was really bad, and I think that was the difference in this game and why the Chargers weren't really in it. Um, They just kind of gave the ball... Uh, and the win to the Broncos here, who desperately needed this win um, in, in the, for the, the division's sake. But, you know, the Chargers kind of desperately needed this win, too, to keep pace yeah. with the Chiefs. Now yeah. I just feel like the Chiefs are just going to go on a run and, and smoke all these guys. And here we are, um, you know, six weeks later, thinking that the Chiefs might not even make the playoffs and the other, all the other teams have shit to bed. So... Yep. It's a uh, it's a weird situation going on over there in the AFC West, but uh, the Chargers they just didn't show up and play that well, and they still have kicking problems. Man, Hopkins is just so terrible <laughs> that he cannot make field goals to save his freaking life. Poor Chargers. So, yeah, man, they they they've had that that issue for a while now, but um, yeah, it's not a good sign. Um, yeah, we were we were off on this one. We just we just didn't get this one right. I just I just. Don't feel like on paper or even with the eye test that the Broncos are all that and then some. And I just I just thought, well, after the Chargers and the performance they have last week, I thought they could keep continue to roll. But this is another team uh, this year that's just completely inconsistent. They just, for whatever reason, they can't put it together for consecutive weeks or even three weeks in a row. So it's hard to predict them moving forward. And it was a disappointing loss for the Chargers, I'm sure. Yeah, there, there's so many teams this year that are exactly like what you just said, very inconsistent. There's very few teams you can hang your hat on. Um, but one of those teams, the Green Bay Packers, took care of business yesterday against the L.A. Rams. Uh, 36-28, Green Bay moves to 9-3. and They're fighting for that one seed in the NFC. Um, their only losses were Week 1, uh, the loss to the Cardinals, or who the— who were their other losses to? They lost uh, when they had... Lost to the Cards. Lost the Cards, and then they lost to um, the Minnesota Chiefs. last week. They're, yeah, no, they beat the Cards, and then they lost to um, Minnesota, and they lost to the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, this team's this team's been consistent, and the Rams have now lost two games in a row with o- Odell Beckham. Drew, uh, do you think two with Odell? Um, but... But, yes, Drew, do you think that this Rams team is in deep, deep shit? They're mortgaged the future with this team. I know. I I do think they're in deep shit if uh, Stafford is going to continue to to, uh, throw pick sixes. This is his third straight game with a pick six, and it's just hard to to, to overcome those type of turnovers in the NFL. Uh, They certainly have the talent, and they have the coaching, but getting all that together and to work as a as a single unit is not easy, and mm-hmm. I think um, I, I think people are overlooking that. You can't just build a super team and expect them just because they have, there's so much talent. Um, expect them to just dominate. There's still uh, an ecosystem within a team that needs to congeal 
and be on the same page and work as a single unit. And I don't think the Rams are there yet. Now, they'll get right in the, in, in the upcoming weeks because they got some layups. Um, but it, it's concerning the last three weeks and, and, and how they're losing and how they're playing. Um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely certainly worried. I, I don't think Odell is their saving grace. I mean, he did get a tutty in this game. Um, which I'm sure has been the headlines for this week, but really what the headlines should be is that the Green Bay Packers are at top of the NFC, and I think they are the best team in the NFC, and they're looking really, really nasty. The fact that Aaron Jones cannot really show up and they can just put in A.J. Dillon to handle the workload and just absolutely demolish people is a really good sign. The fact that they have um, Randall Cobb, all of a sudden re-emerging as his old self. They have Devontae Adams, who's just number one receiver in all football. And, of course, they have Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers back there, who is just slinging it all over the place despite having a toe injury. So the Green Bay Packers, man, are a force to be reckoned with. And I think what surprises me more than anything is that their defense is showing up. Their defense, um, despite losing some pieces and always kind of been the Achilles heel in the past years is actually playing really really good football and i really like the packers moving forward here yeah i like the packers moving forward as well i i don't i don't like the packers at all as far as like they're one of my least favorite teams but i like them as far as how they're playing and you know keith as we've talked about with consistency this this team is right up there with uh the patriots as far as being consistent yeah going into lambo is not an easy task and we found that out this week and I, I picked the Rams in this one just because I thought they were kind of due to get back on track and I, th- I thought that you know Aaron Rodgers back there a little bit hobbled uh, Aaron Jones a little bit you know not 100% that might be a good opportunity for them to do so but I mean this game was never really close yep. without a, a broken coverage long touchdown to Odell Beckham I mean this is a blowout and it, it, even though it was a one score game in the end it, it still felt like a blowout the entire time I didn't, I didn't think this was in doubt at any point throughout the game. Uh, Green Bay just pretty much did what they wanted to on offense. And with them, Aaron Rodgers is just so efficient. Those quick passes, Devontae Adams, they can pretty much grab a first down whenever they need it. Uh, Drew said A.J. Dillon stepping in there for Aaron Jones. Um, I, I think if that game was a little bit closer, we would have saw more Aaron Jones, but they didn't yep. need him. Uh, they just could rely on A.J. Dillon to, to carry the load there. He's more than willing and able to step in there and do so. So I thought it was a great game for Green Bay. Uh, I felt a little bit silly yesterday afternoon after <laughs> this game got started that I was on the Rams side just because <laughs> I'm typically on the side of Aaron Rodgers in, in these types of games. But uh, I just thought it was a good opportunity for them to go get one. But I guess they weren't ready for it. Yeah, and, and they they are in a position. Uh, they've got the Jaguars this next week. But after that, they're, they're scheduled to finish out the season. They've got Cardinals. The Seahawks, which, you know, division game, always tough. Then they've got the Vikings, Ravens, and Niners. So, you know, coming down the stretch, this team could potentially be be struggling to make the playoffs, you know, after everybody was anointing them Super Bowl champions three weeks ago when they got OBJ over to their team. So, I mean, yeah, they're they're in deep shit, and they have to turn things around. they got to start off by beating the shit out of the Jaguars next week um, because their schedule gets tough down the stretch. Um, including the San Francisco 49ers and Minnesota Vikings. They played yesterday. Um, 34-26 was the final for San Francisco getting the win. San Francisco now all of a sudden is 
you know, alive and kicking for a wild card spot. Minnesota, even after the loss, is still in the seventh spot in the NFC. It shows you the state of things in the NFC. Um, you know, San Francisco got got it done on the ground. They're u- using uh, Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel out of the backfield. Um, Samuel is going to be out for a couple weeks, but I mean, the the offensive running game is going crazy. And Keith, that's what you like to see if you're uh, a Niners fan. Yeah, they uh, they missed their third straight game of 40 plus carries by one in this one. They only had 39 carries, so Kyle Shanahan's probably pissed. But this offense, I mean, they they I feel I just feel like ever since George Kittle came back from injury, they've just gotten back to their identity. Yep. And Elijah Mitchell is a huge part of that. They obviously love to to lean on him. He had 27 carries for 133 yards in this game. Yep. Um. Outside of that, I mean, Jimmy G. In these last three games where they just keep running the football, hiding him, <laughs> limiting his mistakes, and just letting him pretty much just sling it on third down when he has to. Uh, they've been really, really good and really efficient on offense. It's crazy that they're running the ball that much and still putting up over 30 a game. Uh, that kind of blows my mind a little bit. But yep. on the other on the other side, man, Minnesota, it's kind of baffling that in this game. They only had 67 yards rushing. Uh, as opposed to like the 200 plus that the 49ers put up. And you think with guys like Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison back there, uh, they would have leaned on that a little bit more. But this game was a lot of fun to watch, a lot of back and forth. I feel like the Vikings are like must watch TV every single week because their games are always tight. They're always <laughs> Coming tight. down to the end. Um, I was on the Vikings for this one. I thought that they would go and get it the way that, that Kirk had been playing. Uh, he didn't have a terrible game here, but it's just. I feel like they need if they threw to like Justin Jefferson on every play. I feel like there's no way that they can lose. Uh, he's so good, and they he just, is so good. I feel like they they don't go to him enough. But yeah, the the bad part about this game was we saw both Dalvin Cook and Debo go out, two of the biggest stars in the league right now. So hopefully yep. those guys can come back quick and uh, don't miss too much time. But both teams are going to be fighting together still i think this could be big going forward in the playoff picture because these guys are both going to be there right at the end of that wild card fight so yep um i had the san francisco niners or 49ers making the super bowl this year in our preview picks and they're still alive so they're still alive wasn't looking wasn't looking too good a couple weeks ago but starting to look a little bit better absolutely looking a little bit better i mean i don't know this team's this team's you know run the ball and they have players on defense that's you know i know I, I know i sound like a cliche nfl person but if you can do those things in january i think you have a chance and i mean just going back to justin jefferson can you imagine how good this team would be with jalen rieger um <laughs> kidding uh drew so in this game i, I mean yeah it's gotta be it gotta feel good uh seeing all of the running but dalvin cook going down that's that's not very good for the bikes Oh, that's great for the Vice because they got a guy named Alexander Madison who's just going to fill right in and, and act like nothing even happened. He's just as good as Cook, and I love it because he's on all my fancy teams. Let's go, baby. <laughs> there you yeah, go. He, he's, he's actually he's, he's probably the best one or one of the best backup running backs in all the games. So um, I don't feel like Cook is going to going his missing time is going to hurt them too, too bad. I, I still have a lot of faith in the Vikings right now. I thought they played – pretty decent I, I thought at the beginning of the game that they were going to cruise to an easy win once jimmy g threw an interception and um the vikings went up seven nothing right away but then it was all pretty much the niners the rest of the way who just outscored them 
um, 34 to 12 there at the rest the rest of the way, and and just had a really really great balanced performance. They got back to doing what the Niners uh, do, what their identity is, and that's run the football, block well, and, and limit Jimmy G. Uh, and when they do that, they seem to do really really well. George Kittle obviously is a huge piece of this offense, not because. He's a good tight end, but because he's a good blocking tight end, which leads to those Debo runs, which leads to Mitchell being able to run the ball. So um, just a lot of good things from, from the Niners, and they seem to be getting hot right now. They seem to be trending in the right direction after not being able to really find their identity uh, early on in the season. They're starting to put the pieces together, and being the Vikings – uh, is not an easy task. I mean, the Vikings beat Green Bay the week before, so the Vikings are playing very, very good football, so you have to give your hats off to the Niners for getting this win. Um, it was a great game to watch. It was probably one of my my better ones that I enjoyed yesterday, um, and um, I, I look forward to the Vikings moving forward to Detroit next week and getting an easy win there, but for both these teams, they may see each other again, and um, th- that would be a really good rematch I think because this 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 game was exciting and certainly I thought the talent was pretty well matched um it, it looked from from my personal opinion that Jefferson was frustrated most of this game and wasn't really getting the balls that he they was hoping to get because Thielen did all the, the scoring I think Thielen had two touchdowns in yep. like 62 yards so it um it, it was a good day for him but Justin Jefferson, I think you do need to get him more involved, and I think that's the key to their to their victory. Because, like I said on Friday's show, the Vikings' defense—they're like, you know, in the bottom five in defense of all the stats. They're giving up a lot of yards to receivers and and running backs. So, the the, the this team runs through the offense, so they got to do a better job of getting Jefferson um, more looks. No, for sure. Um, okay, our last game. Uh, this one, I still don't understand how how the Browns didn't come out and take care of business, and they must win. Like they're 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 cooked in the AFC after this loss. I mean, all all but assuredly cooked because um, after the after Lamar Jackson throws four interceptions to only put up ten points, you have to be kicking yourself because it's. I I saw a stat that. Lamar Jackson is the first quarterback since 2017, I think, or 2016, something like that, uh, to throw four interceptions and win the game. I think uh, quarterbacks that have done that in the in the past few years are like 0 and 41, and now they're 1 and 40, 1 and 41. Because, um, yeah, the Browns. I mean, and uh, talk about a team that's lost its identity. This is a running football team, and they've got a banged-up quarterback. I know. I, I guess they were trying to exploit the Ravens' weakness, which is their pass defense. But they only attempted 17 rushes. Uh, they only gained 40 yards on the ground. Um, just not being committed to the team that they are. And Drew, I mean, uh, there was nothing out of this game that made me think, "Oh, here come the Ravens!" Like they're hot. Like no, nothing out of the Ravens scared me yesterday. It's more just like, what the fuck were the Browns doing? Yeah, I, I think that's been the consensus for the last several weeks with the Ravens. In fact, the whole season. I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson has had flashes where you just think, "Oh my God, this kid is special." But in in all honesty. They've been kind of fortunate to be winning some of these games uh, this year, and they're kind of lucky, in my opinion, to have so few losses. Uh, I really thought they should have more losses by now. I, I think the Patriots are a better team 
in my oh, personal sure. opinion, than, yeah. than the Ravens are right now. Yet they lead the, the AFC. So, yeah, yeah, this game was unbelievably bad. You just knew the Browns are defeated. The, Baker Mayfield should not be playing. I don't care what anybody says. It's a personal opinion, and it's a strong one. They shouldn't be playing him right now. They just should He is trying to hide all these battle wounds that he's had, but they're affecting him. He didn't make any good throws yesterday. They were, uh, they were just absolutely horrible. And I, I have a hard time believing that if Case Keenum would have played yesterday, that they probably would have won that game because yeah. they probably would have had the run game on a little bit better. Obviously, they couldn't get that going much, and, and I, I should give my hats off to the defense of the Ravens. But at the same time, like, Baker missed so many freaking throws that stalled drives and just couldn't get anything going. And then on the flip side of the ball, you have Lamar Jackson literally trying to give the game to the Browns. They're like, here, please, we don't we don't want to win this game. Please, you take it. And then it's like the Browns are like, no, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God, what am I watching here? This is craziness. Um, so we all picked the Ravens to win. They are the better football team right now, but if you're a Browns fan, uh, you just have to be shaking your head in disgust. Uh, you had so much promise, so much hope this year, and now it's it's all flushed down the toilet. It, it's it, yeah, it's not looking good moving forward, and I think they're just going to be counting on next year, hopefully, to get a healthy Baker and and, and try to move forward. But this this year is they're cooked and unfortunately our pick is cooked because we had the browns going pretty deep in the playoffs so not feeling good about that um but i wasn't expecting baker to be having 16 injuries and not being able to to hit a wide open receiver at all so here we are congrats to the ravens but they certainly have some soul searching to do in my opinion too having four turnovers in a single game not only that but from one player is uh is disappointing and that and that needs to be addressed and in a hurry for sure uh keith the browns are now sitting in the 12th spot in the afc behind the steelers colts broncos raiders chargers uh that's got to make you feel a little concerned yeah that's a mess down there for sure and i feel like probably three of those teams that you mentioned there are better than the Browns at this point. Mm-hmm. It's just really it's really hard when Baker is hurt like that. But to your point, I mean, the biggest takeaway from this game is, is Baker is hurt and you only run the football. You get Kareem Hunt back. You have Nick Chubb and one of the best offensive lines in football. I don't care who you're playing. You have, when you have one of the better offensive lines in football and one of the best run games in football, that's something you stick to. And they only ran the ball 17 times. I don't understand the play calling there. Um, I thought Baker actually came out and looked good. He was he was hitting Jarvis Landry uh, there at the beginning of the game, like all over the field. And then I guess the tour it all wore off and he couldn't make the throws anymore. Yeah. But that that's my biggest takeaway. I mean, this was basically a one-score game the entire time. And they still only ran the football 17 times. You can't give up on your strength when you're in a one score fucking game. So to me, this falls squarely on the shoulders of Stefanski. If you don't, I don't understand it. It's like you almost want to send Baker out there to fail. Um, like they're trying to get the hometown discount on that contract coming up here. Yeah. But I mean, the, the defense still played well. I don't think that, I don't think that what we saw last night is the Ravens that we're going to get going forward. I thought Lamar had a poor game. 
uh, I told you I told you guys during the break of preview here. Um, I don't I don't think that Lamar is the kind of guy that can miss two weeks full of practice and then just come out and and guns a blazing and make all the throws. Um, but yeah, this Baltimore defense did their job. They stacked the box. They stopped the run. They tried to make Baker beat him. Uh, he couldn't do so. Um, but yeah, I think going forward, the this Baltimore team. Didn't, hasn't looked good over the last couple weeks, but it's also not a team that you want to go have to play in M&T Bank. Okay, so we've recapped all of Sunday Week 12's action. Um, let's now preview our Thursday night game. The 7-4 Dallas Cowboys travel to the 5-6 New Orleans Saints. Both teams off Thanksgiving losses. Um, both teams very much needing a win. Obviously, the Saints... I think are in more of a must-win mode than the Cowboys just because of the division that the Cowboys happen to be in. But um, apparently Taysom Hill could be potentially starting this game. The Saints could have Alvin Kamara back. Um, The Cowboys could have C.D. Lamb back. Um, God, this is a tough game to pick. Um, Originally thinking if if Kamara is out and Ingram are out and you have Taysom Hill or – Trevor Simeon starting at quarterback. I think this is easily Cowboys. However, with this being at home, Taysom Hill being at quarterback and having Alvin Kamara back, the way the Cowboys defense has been playing, I don't know. I mean, this is really, really a tough one to pick because I'm actually going to go with the Saints at home because just how poor the Cowboys uh, defense has played the past few weeks, and if Kamara's back and healthy, I think he's going to give the Cowboys fits, and the, and the Saints really, 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 really need this win to keep any playoff hopes alive. So I'm going to roll with the Saints. Keith, are you going to back your boys, or do you uh, are you going to fade them like me? I think I'm going to go with Dallas here. It doesn't okay. feel great um, going to Taysom Hill right now. Just kind of feels like a little bit of a desperation play from Sean Payton. Agree. Um, inserting him. In a week like this, I mean, I, I kind of like Dallas's chances. He's been playing tight end and special teams and everything else all year <laughs> yeah, long. So yeah. just to kind of throw him in there now, getting Alvin Kamara back is huge. But, I mean, outside of him, what else do they really have on offense right now? Nothing. Um, that's my biggest thing. I, I feel like it's a good spot for Dallas's defense to kind of get back on track. Uh, the offense still looked really good last week without CeeDee Lamb, without Amari Cooper. And if they can get both those guys back in this game, I mean, Dak threw for what, 375 last week without them. Yeah. So I just it, it feels like a good spot for Dallas here. I, I know that the Saints defense has been pretty good, but, I mean, 31 got hung on them last week at home. So uh, I'm going to roll with Dallas. The kind of thing that bothers me is that Dallas decided to go with Dan Quinn as their interim head coach for this game. And the defense has already been struggling. So, you put Quinn down there, he's going to have to coach the defense, and then on top of that, make all of the normal like head coach, managerial-type decisions. So you're mm-hmm. putting even more on his plate, uh, a guy that hasn't been doing the best of jobs in the past couple of weeks here. So uh, a lot on Dan Quinn here, but he does know the Saints pretty well as he was a coach for the Falcons for a while in that division. So I guess that's probably why they went that direction, I would assume. Um, like I said, I, I don't like this game. I don't like the feel. I don't like the way that Dallas has been trending. They've got a lot of COVID issues also right now, so I don't know how that's going to shake out before this game gets started. Um, but I feel like just Dallas is the better team, so I'm just going to have to take them. Yeah, I I, I I totally agree they're the better team. 
I just, I don't know. I, I mean, if Kamara doesn't play, I'm, I'm definitely switching back to the Cowboys. But if he's playing just the way that their defense has been playing of the Cowboys and just because of the desperation that the Saints are going to be in, um, I don't know. I'm going to stick with the Saints. Drew, break the tie. Saints or Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, after a really tough week for the Cowboys, I think they get right here, um, especially with all these people coming back, uh, like Flam. Uh, um they're just poised to probably win this game, in my opinion. I, I think Dak is a better quarterback, and I'm just yep. going to go with the better quarterback here. I, I, I think you can't go wrong there. Um, and it is it is a home game for, for New Orleans, but it's a 25-minute 20, flight from Dallas to, to New Orleans, so it's not like it's uh, really that far to go for them. So I, um, I, I expect it to, to them to get right. I am disappointed, though. I, I will echo sediment here I'm, I'm, I'm sad to hear that Dan Quinn's going to take over I would have loved for Kellen Moore to get the get the nod as a head coach but I think the reason they're doing that not only because Dan Quinn does have um, some success and familiarity with um, New Orleans but if uh, Kellen Moore steps in as an interim head coach here and does well all the teams are going to be looking to snipe him and make him a head coach somewhere else, and I don't think Dallas really wants to lose him. So that's just, um, you know, just a little something I thought about. It, it might not have anything to do with anything, but it, I don't know. I think it's an, an angle that's interesting. But I expect Dallas to bounce back. It's not like they, they lost real, real bad against the Raiders. I mean, they had a chance to win that game. They still put up 30-some points in that game. So... If, as long as they can score on New Orleans, I think they'll be just just fine because I don't see how New Orleans could put up a lot of points on Dallas. They can score, but not a lot of points. So I think Dallas can just out outscore them, hopefully. Uh, but they got to get the running game going and and keep trying it, even though this New Orleans front is really hard to run against. They got to keep just keeping the plays balanced, and hopefully Dak has a good game. If Dak has a good game, I think the Cowboys will win. Right on. I, I'm uh, glad to be, I guess, I, I guess I could hopefully make up a game on you guys because I'm desperate to try and catch up to you in the picks for the season, so I'll stay on the Saints. Um, all right, so we recapped everything from Week 12, made our first, our Thursday night pick. Um, thank you to everybody for taking the time to listen. Uh, thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends. Make sure to continue doing that. We really appreciate all your support. We appreciate always getting uh, to talk with each other and talk sports with each other and have people listening so that's really fun um make sure to check out our social media pages all that fun stuff and we will be back on thursday night this week and uh look for that pod to drop either thursday night or friday morning with our picks for week 13 we will talk to you then have a good start to your week we are out <laughs>